defenses. Initiate bank protocol. What's good, fine feathered friends? It's another episode of Bird Protocol. I am uh, one of your hosts, Palm Reader. I'm here with Otis. Otis, how you doing? Oh, you know, just just as we were saying before we started recording, my brain's complete shit this week. It is. It's just. Oh man, it's hot as shit outside and I have not yet like recalibrated from vacation, which was fantastic. Vacation much needed, much needed. But I think I I just needed like another day. Like going straight from vacation back to work. I don't know. That was a bad move, I think. But that that's on me, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, we 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 were supposed to uh drop the tragically hip episode which is still coming and then the Drake episode which is still coming. But we went up to the cottage and we said we were going to work on stuff, but we didn't get any work done. We most of the time just chilled maximum, which was fantastic. But that's why this week you're getting a lazy bird. That's right. It is a lazy bird episode uh, where we're going to recount some cottage stories, talk about some stuff going on, what we're listening to, what we're uh, what we're enjoying. We haven't done uh, one of these in a little bit, but uh, yeah, Otis's brain is discombobulated and uh, I'm in the midst of a fairly large project so this is you're gonna you're gonna take this and you're gonna like it and uh i mean (laughs) i i mean it's a positive if you can look at it this way is that we didn't get the hip episode done because turns out when you go to the cottage you get so chilled out from multiple rum and cokes couple joints couple bong hits you know smoking that legal and you know, it turns out you just don't want to pull out a microphone and record a podcast when you're in the most zen area. You know, I think last time when we did the party bird, it worked because like, you know, we were amped up, but I don't think we were as since it was only the three yeah, it of was, us. It was a little bit more civilized this time. And and I mean, don't get me wrong. We had plenty of fun, but it was very uh very much a uh, uh, toned down because it was just the three of us and we were just kicking it. I mean, we tried at one point. I said, should I get my microphone? Should I bring it out? We contemplated back and forth and ultimately decided we didn't want to. We wanted to just lie there and uh, and watch stupid TV and listen to the bird sounds and hang out on the porch and make barbecue dinner. Like we just were not in it, you know, when you're not in the mind state to do it and you just aren't. And I think it's probably good because if we had sat down and done the podcast on the hip and we were in such a chill mindset, I don't know if it would have been done the band, the service that they deserve. Yeah. Cause I was thinking it would have just been like a whole lot of, yeah, that song's sick. Yeah, Bob Cajun. Yeah, plus yeah. we didn't have access Music to the, work. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have access to the internet, so like we couldn't fact check or bring up anything or do whatever. You know what I mean? Like it would have just been us chilling and talking, which would have been great. But I feel like the hip deserves better. Um, so yeah, we'll do the hip next week. Then we'll do Drizzy, and for now we're just gonna chat about uh, about about life, about things. Uh, the regular goings on inside of our bird brains. Um, King of Kings. What should we start with uh, with this week? Well, of course, we did go to the uh, 
go to Muskoka and we, we had a great time. I actually wanted to put something out there to the listeners. Um, do you believe that large bodies of clear water have healing properties? Otis and I were having this discussion on the dock, actually in the water, uh, at the lake at my cottage and saying somehow, no matter, like you could go, you could be at the cottage and you could be having a, a, a real rager evening. You could be up late, uh, laughing, drinking, whatever you wake up in the morning and hangovers don't really work the same there. But then when you get into that sweet, sweet lake water, it's like it washes all of it off of you instantly. I don't know yeah. how that, how that happens. It's like a, an elixir of life. Oh. Yeah, it's like walking into, you know, water in, like, Legend of Zelda. It just fills your hearts up. Or, like, taking a hot bath in, like, Ghost of Tsushima. You know, I think video games have it correct. Because there's a lot of video games that make the association between getting health from water. So, I think they're on to something. But then, you know, there's other games like uh, Dark Souls. If you venture too far into water, you'll just fall off into the abyss. So, you know, they're not all on the same page. But I, I think I'm definitely leaning towards, you know, when I step into that lake, I'm f- I feel my health bar yeah, go up. Something happens. 100%. Like mm-hmm. one, then once you fully dive in, when you resurface, you feel different. Now, it could be because there's you know, uh, you're dehydrated being in water helps rehydrate you through the skin. There is minerals and, uh, or there are minerals and, um, and other kind of earthen properties to a lake. Plus you're shocking your body by dipping it into something cold, um, uh, colder than the air. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure there's like a scientific explanation for it, but I don't know. My lake the lake at our cottage is uh, you. I don't know what it is, but you dip yourself in that and you come out a new man, woman, uh, non-binary, whatever, whatever you identify as you will be reborn when you come out mm-hmm. of it. Um, and that was blessed. Cause I used to have a bunch of neighbors with pools and they all moved. And so I haven't really been able to go in water, uh, all, all summer up until now, up until last week when we were up there. So it was much needed yeah. uh, because I love water. I I love splashing around like an yeah. idiot. I'm just going to put this out there into the universe. More friends, more houses, more pools. That's that's what I need in my life. If you have a I'm pool. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get a house and a pool, but like somebody mm. else out there can and like mm. hook me up. Yeah, if you're listening and you're one of the homies and you have a pool and you want us to come over and have a pool party, just let us know. I I love swimming and uh that's one of the things that I miss the most about my childhood when I used to spend almost all summer up at the cottage was just that it's uh a the lake right there. You can just go in. You know what I mean? Like there's nobody stopping you whenever you want to. You can just go in. And now it's like I could drive the three and a half hours to get there and go in and then drive home, just take a day and go swimming. But that would be a waste of a day. You know? Not really. I don't know. <clears throat> if that's really what you want to do, if you really set your life, if that's really what you want to do for the day, if your whole day is just like, I want to go swim in the cleanest water I can access right now, you know? Yeah, I guess I could. You could probably stay overnight. It's just hard. We're adults now. We have responsibilities. Ain't that a? Ain't that a? Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm also, I also like realized I I like just like kind of sitting at home now. Like, mm. I mean, I've been having this realization very much over pandemic mm. and yeah. like all co- all through COVID and like I'm now going shit's normal for me again now. Like I'm just like, yeah, I'd rather just stay home all the time still. And then even after like a vacation it's like you know what that the amount of time we were gone i was like that was the perfect amount of time that was the perfect amount of time to be away from home for me however still wish i had that extra day for like some recalibration like where i could pers- like get into my own personal lake of healing at home which is basically just me sitting at home and like smoking weed for a day that, that's me recalibrating <laughs> fallout um yeah pretty much well if I had timed it correctly, if I had properly timed my life correctly, I would have had a day off when this new game Stray came out. Do you know about the game? Like with the, it's just a platforming game where you're a cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been looking. I would at have that. timed it correctly because it came out yesterday. I would have had yesterday off and would have just that would have been my recalibration day. But I didn't think it through. I came so close to planning everything perfectly but uh, it's just two days off but whatever well we often come close to touching greatness um yeah no i mean it was uh it was i do want to talk about stray um but i think we really lucked out as uh insofar as like weather going up there there wasn't a lot of rain oh yeah it was like sunny every day um it was more mild for the first couple days last day was really hot but um it just worked out perfectly um for weather and for being up there it was really good like i really had a good time i wanted to mention um i got to figure out the name of this director you know what i'm about to talk about um yeah uh there's a movie that i think that uh you you all should watch uh i don't i don't know how to talk about this exactly cuz i don't want to spoil a lot of it yeah um, I mean, you can watch this movie on or off substances because I have now experienced this movie in various so- states of mind. I've been on mushrooms. I've been sober. I've been maybe just drunk or high. But this movie, in every way you experience it, it is it's an untamed animal. It is. It's an it's a, it has a life of its own. It's, it's yeah. That's yeah. That's what you kept saying. It's an avalanche of nonsense. It makes no sense. It's it. it well, it's no, amazing. I, it, it's amazing. Like it know. makes sense, but it doesn't. Like, all right, look. So it's this movie. It's called House. You can watch it on Amazon Prime right now. Um, Otis had a copy of it on uh, on um, Criterion. Criterion Collection. Uh, it is a 1977 Japanese psychedelic horror slapstick comedy film. I, I don't know. Experimental comedy horror. It's everything. I, it's everything. It's everything everywhere all at once. Uh, uh, and it's it's just <laughs> in, insane. Um, it's, it's a film about... <sighs> I, we're going to do an episode on it, okay? Because, like, at some point, we got to talk about this and really peel back the layers. But it's like if 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 someone who is, like, vehemently obsessed with Japanese anime tropes and Scooby-Doo did mescaline and tried to write a horror film about... I, I would... 
I would describe it as uh, if Tim and Eric made combined, like made an anime Scooby Doo movie. Like that's kind of how it plays almost, but like it, I don't, it's crazy. It's wild. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's at like, there's a part where a girl fights flying, floating wood in a, in a Kung Fu scene. The, the wood tries to Kung Fu fight her. It It's it, and it's like bombastic and wild. There's like weird psychedelic folk rock playing in the back. It's just, it, there's, it's, it's an avalanche of, of nonsense. Um, it's like curated mental illness. Like, I don't know how to explain this. It's, I mean, <laughs> this is how the main character's name is gorgeous. It's just a girl named gorgeous. Their names she looks are gorgeous good. fantasy. Melody, Mac. prof, Mac, Kung Fu. Wonder who Kung Fu is. Obviously the one that fights. Yeah. The wood. Sweet. Um, and uh, I think that's all of them. Prof, I think. Melody, Kung Fu. There's seven. Gorgeous, Prof, Melody, Kung Fu, Mac, Sweet, and Fantasy. Yeah, that's right. Um, and of course, they're all these like cute Japanese schoolgirls who are act like they're straight out of like a a, a, a um, female like school anime type show, um, and they're all, they all do weird poses out of nowhere. And there's a dancing skeleton in the background. A lot of the time it's, it's, I I, just watch it. If you like, if you like crazy, weird movies, uh, this is probably one of the craziest, weirdest movies without that I've ever seen that it doesn't ever really bleed into like real experimental film. Like it is experimental, but it doesn't bleed into the point where like things aren't making sense. It's just nonsense, but it like the the delineation for me is that it's nonsense as in like there are things happening and there's a story, but it's just so bombastic and campy and gaudy. And the editing is weird. The transitions are weird, everything, but it doesn't get to the point where it becomes uh, where you're, it's like, you're just watching colors. It's not like a, you know, there's a narrative, there's things happening. It doesn't go to the part where it goes so far as it's just like colors on a screen and weird angles and voiceovers that clash with what's how it's not, it doesn't, it's not that far experimental, but it's not just that one episode of twin peaks. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's, it has a narrative and it has comedy and horror. I mean, the horror is very campy, it's just wild. You guys just got to watch it. We I don't know how to sell this film without like spoiling some of the major stuff in it. You just have to watch it right from the jump. It's like it's just like an avalanche of absolute wild uh uh whimsy. <laughs> just like doesn't... I mean, you could say things that happen, but even saying what happens doesn't really like like I could say a guy falls down and gets his ass stuck in a bucket. <laughs> That's the thing that happens weird. in this movie. Yeah. So like in a in you're a gonna, random- now you're gonna now just keep that in your head and go watch this movie and what you're probably envisioning is nowhere near as insane no. as how this guy gets his ass stuck in a bucket. Oh yeah. It's- <laughs> uh, here's here's another one. Chandeliers attack them. Yeah. 
and and you will th- you 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 can't imagine how insane it is and and when it yeah. happens and everybody's reaction it's just the weirdest just watch it okay if you like if you like japanese cinema if you if you like experimental comedy horror stuff just watch it i need to find uh nobuhiku obayashi the producer and director i need to shake his hand and and then also punch him in in the stomach like i <laughs> Yeah. Like I need because the whole we had to stop the movie like four times because I was just like, what is happening? It's uh, it, but it was fun. We laughed. We had a good time the, on the on the whole of it. This it was a great experience. I really enjoyed watching this film. Um, but it yeah, house it's wild, wild stuff. Um, what uh, else did we watch yeah. while we were up there? Uh, I mean, we watched Spaceballs, which is awesome. But so, but you said it uh, earlier. You actually you literally said everything, everywhere, all at once. And I saw that movie recently, and that movie has a similar like everything, everywhere, all at once is like house, like distilled, like it's very, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Um. Yeah, no, I loved that movie because I kind of wanted to have a uh, do a discussion because recently I've watched two multiverse movies, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I got to say, one is significantly better than the other. I take it every Everything Everywhere All at Once is the one that's significantly better. Yeah, Doctor Strange was like a huge letdown. In that, like, madness, yes. Multiverse, not, not really. so much. Yeah. That's uh, a common complaint. Um, I also feel, like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the raininess of it all. I enjoyed... Yeah, I, I feel like he didn't get, like, full... If he had full control, I feel like it would have been so much wilder. Because there are, like... Sh- like snippets of like pure sam Ra- like when what's her face is going like bonkers and like her face is all fucked up and like stuff like there's the thing with the dude's head like explode yeah. yeah there's sam raimi parts but like it just wasn't sam raimi enough for me to be um i think I, I mean i think obviously as uh, as far as like the dna of marvel films this one is very different and I think that there mm-hmm. is enough Raimi that it it makes it different from a bunch of other, like it's the first real like real horror type moments in the MCU and like pretty I mean, pretty he, brutal he, stuff. Yeah, when that one person, when that one hero gets killed, yes, that yeah. was I was not all a, of all of them. A, pretty much that that's like when when the. Uh, well, it's out, so I'm not even going to dance around the point. Yes. When the Illuminati like, get get killed by uh, Wanda, that that's scary. I mean, she like cracks Professor X's neck. She blows up Black Bolt's yeah, brain. There's some they kill people in way more intense ways than I thought. You know, you would see in a Marvel movie on Disney, but like I don't know. I I also don't like they like kind of like really marketed like this is the one time they really like leaned into like marketing who the director was so like i think a lot of people that are sam raimi fans are like you know they know his horror stuff and they know what he can do 
like from the original Spider-Man movies. So like you're kind of expecting this great, super awesome mixture of horror and like campiness, but like, I don't know. It just kind of, I feel honestly, this is in one of the, this is one of the cases where I feel like an extra half an hour would have probably, or an extra 20 minutes or something would have probably benefited because they could have added more multiversal campy stuff and they could have added a little bit more to the start to make the pacing a bit better. I mean, overall, like I thought it was a fine, like it's somewhere middle of the pack phase four Marvel movie, but like there wasn't enough Dr. Strange for me. It was, there was, it it felt like it was more of a movie about Wanda. Um, Yeah. That's another thing is that I really felt like I, I've had the, like, I didn't watch WandaVision. I've been meaning to, as I've mentioned many times. I don't have enough time to watch every TV show that exists. And, yeah. you know, I am i can't unfortunately spend eight hours watching a character I don't particularly care about just to understand the plot of a movie she just happens to be in that's named after a totally different... Like, that's what I hate about the Marvel movies. It's like, okay, I'm watching a Doctor Strange movie, but it's like, okay, why is... Why sh- why is it a Wanda movie basically at this point? Like it doesn't, it gets annoying at that. Cause it's like, I came here for some crazy multiverse stuff and I get it. She established the multiverse in her show and whatever and stuff. But like too early on in the movie, it just settles into the one universe that basically just plays out in for the last hour. And it's like, why not? If they're if this is a movie about a cracked universe and you know the multiverse is cracking and blending together, why can't you just have the multiverse shifting throughout the entire movie yeah. instead of just having a single three minute sequence that then you forget about? Or like, look, I agree. Uh, I'm on. I'm uh, to me, it was it was fine. I I watched it. I was like, okay, it is what it is. It has flaws. I liked some of the raminess of it all. I liked the fact that they did, they added some actual horror um, mm-hmm. and ma- and madness, but uh, not a lot of multiverse. It had pacing issues in the first, uh, in, like leading up to the Illuminati stuff. There was pacing issues um, and it just felt kind of rushed in the front end. And uh, I found the kind of like, it was like the the how I, I wanted the level of madness that happened with the Illuminati fight to continue or to build, but you never really yeah. get a point as shocking as that in the film after. It's like that's like the centerpiece of this movie where it's like, oh my god, did they really do that? And then it just kind of peters into a regular Marvel type thing and it ends and Charlize Theron is Clea and all those and it sets up stuff and like I understand what they were trying to do it just kind of hit missed the mark for me a little bit so it's like I enjoyed it don't get me wrong um but it didn't really there wasn't a lot of Doctor Strange in the Doctor Strange movie there wasn't a lot of multiverse in the multiverse movie and uh but there was plenty of madness um so you know yeah I got that it definitely got the madness um, but yeah, no, if you're, you, you were not happy with the, uh, the multiverse-ness of Dr. Strange, I would highly recommend everything everywhere all at once. Cause 
I've only heard it's, really good things about that. I just I haven't. Uh, it's probably it. my, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I guess yeah, we're at that past halfway point. So yeah, I would say it's probably my favorite movie of the year. Um, it is just well, it's by the Daniels who did a uh, Swiss Army Man, which is like I don't know. They have this such unique sort of filmmaking style. Like it's very crafty and like whimsical and like the i don't know the way they mix they have the unique thing of mixing high art with lowbrow humor like there are so many just like fart and dick jokes like scattered throughout both of those movies swiss army man and everything everywhere all at once um like (sighs) there's like a whole scene in the movie it's a fight scene built like designed around a fucking butt plug and it's hilarious but yet like so masterfully filmed and like crafted that like the absurdity of it like (laughs) they somehow they've like mastered absurdity i think is what i'm trying to say within like two these two movies and there, yeah. If you get a chance to see it, go see it. I'm pretty sure it's out now. Like on, you can like rent it or buy it physically. So, well, I'll pro- I will probably that. watch it. Like it's on my list of things. Speaking of uh, of of masterfully crafting, uh, I know you haven't watched, so I won't I won't spoil a whole lot. But wow, Westworld is back. Westworld. And they're doing it. It's really good. Um, so all of the stuff from season three that I said when we talked about season three on this podcast and and, I, and you said, you know, it was fine, but it just, they, they, you know, it was, it was lacking some of the stuff that made the first two seasons um, so intriguing and fun to watch and it didn't have a whole lot of park stuff. And uh, it was, you know, with the whole Roboam and the, AI. Anyway, that was all setting up the stuff that was hap- that's happening this season. And so far, every episode has had me going, uh, pay- looking at the TV and then standing up and pacing the room and being like, what is going on? Why would you do this to me? So, you know, if you want to bring that, if you want to, if you want to, rev- <laughs> if you want to um, restore the feeling and you're feeling kind of eh, after season three of Westworld, watch uh season the episodes of season four that they've dropped thus far they've dropped four of them and all of them have been pretty dope so we'll talk about it i'm sure when it actually um finishes and otis and i have watched it uh to completion uh but yeah yeah the 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 feeling is restored the vibe is Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. yeah i'm stoked to watch that um speaking of completion Last night. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, I completed uh, season three of The Boys. Have you have you finished that? Sh- oh, we can dive into yet? this. Okay. Fantastic. Because there are some things that kind of piss me off about the final episode. But, like, it makes sense, you know, because uh, it all builds up to the last scene. But, uh, you know, it, I, I really hate how indecisive these fucking characters are. All of them. All of them can go fuck themselves. I think I hate every single character in the boys now. Like, 
Yeah, they're all there's no good redeeming characters like, in the show. In the whole this whole final last episode was them going back and forth of like, should we kill Homelander? Should we kill Soldier Boy? Wait, is Homelander good? Is Soldier Boy good? I don't know. They're related. Are they gonna team up? I don't know. Blah blah blah. And they're just like they're just so unsure of it. And then I, I don't know. At I also hate when sh- shows do it. <laughs> and movies do this and you know building tension where a person's especially a fucking superhero is basically charging up and just ready to kill the person and then at the last moment something happens it's like you couldn't just shoot them like you couldn't just do it like the whole sharks with laser beams on their head and scott's like hey dad i have a gun you want me to go get it i'll go put it to his head Boom, <laughs> dead like i've got a gun just, in my room yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just fucking do it just kill him like I don't I don't know. But obviously it builds the whole this whole season has been playing off, you know, like the divisiveness of America, the whole Trump politics and that stuff. And then it ends, you know, with the most like Trumpian shit ever. Yeah. And so, like the whole ending where he like kills the dude and then everybody cheers. It's like setting up the whole soups against the government storylines and like all of the stuff that comes a little bit later in the comics. So like, I understand why they did it. I, I personally felt like, um, uh, the episode before, um, uh, where they, um, the episodes like hero gasm, uh, and here comes a candle to light you to bed. The, yeah. the episode before episode seven, I think those two were kind of better episodes than, than the last episode. Like I felt like the last episode kind of like, I wanted it to be bigger because mm-hmm. of how big everything else in the, the episode has been because like, or in the season has been because from the first episode onwards, it's like every episode has some like what the fuck moments right like some crazy crazy stuff happening um but then the last episode felt like it was just like a denouement like we have to we have to end these the stories so we have to have you know obviously butcher or um you know uh black noir gets stabbed and Ryan has to come back and stands with Homelander instead of Butcher and da 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 da, da. all those like kind of things then to it wrap just up. doesn't even say what happens with fucking Soldier Boy. Yeah. Like it explains what happens with Maeve, but doesn't explain what happens to Soldier Boy. And it's like, huh? Like how do you go explain some things now? Like they ha- they the same incident happened to these two characters. You can't just go and explain one well, and not at the other. When they probably it happens at the same. I don't know. They probably did that because. Oh wait, no wait, never mind. They did explain, but not really. Somehow they just ended up fucking freezing Soldier Boy again. But like they didn't even like explain how that happened. They just they just showed a scene where he's all just getting just in a tank again it's like okay what well they probably left it open-ended because people liked soldier boy so much so they may have write him back in later or something because they they yeah i guess so so yeah people really fucked with that uh character (laughs) they really i don't know that was nice seeing because i don't know anything about that 
actor other than he was in Supernatural, and Supernatural's a fucking dumb show. It's well, it's made girls. by the same people. Well, yeah, but it's a it's a show for girls. Make no <laughs> make no mistake about it. It's on the CW. It's for girls. Um. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I know. Well, I haven't watched a lot of Supernatural. Uh, like I watched. A, I, I've, I've seen a couple episodes. Couple episodes. Here's my and... gripe with Supernatural: is that there's like 16 seasons of this show. Okay, I remember watching a couple seasons, not really, but a couple episodes here and there. And somewhere along the line, in like say I don't know, like season eight, they killed the devil. And it's like, where do you go after killing the devil? That's like I don't know, how much God? How, I don't know. Yeah, like how <laughs> how how much supernatural are you going to get? Like you killed know. the devil. <laughs> like um, that's you've wild. killed the main boss, dude. Like yeah. now, well, now everything after missions. this is just DLC. Yeah, it's side unnecessary. Missions, DLC. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say, okay, so back to the boys. Um, I do think that that this season was bonkers. And I really enjoyed watching, like, they managed to make it both, um, like, I really like the, the humor in it. Like, I like the, yeah. the way that the, that the shows are written and the, the way that they kind of like this lambasting of superhero culture and ideas while also like really doing some like screwed up stuff. Like, having the guy explode with inside the other guy's penis and, uh, and, or the fact that, um, a train kills the, uh, the, the racist superhero, but then they put his heart in, the, him. in him. And yeah, just, there's some wild stuff in this season. Yeah. That's like, it was I really mean, enjoyable and fun to watch. In the last episode, there was a, a joke I thought was fucking hilarious. That was like the most subtle joke. It's in like an establishing shot. And there's a, an ad for menthol. It's for A-Train's menthol cigarettes. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> the one, the guy that's run runs and also he's black. And apparently black people smoke menthols. That's that's a stereotype that I've supposedly heard. I'm not contributing to it, but I recognized it in the show, and I was like, "Ah, jokes." <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's it's also just funny that yeah, the they guy just it's just a funny. It's just a, a, a funny the way that they there's a lot of visual gags. There's a lot of like bombastic, silly things. I mean, that a man fucking an octopus. Never thought I'd see that. Yeah. I guess, like, I don't watch tentacle porn. So, like, I guess lots of people have probably seen that and be like, ah, I've seen better. But, like, yeah. I hey, mean, there's, and then, then the hero gasm, there's a, a scene where, uh, where mother's milk gets covered in uh, a, a superhero sized blast of semen. Um, and it's just a complete visual joke and silly and weird and gross. But somehow they managed to make it work. And that's one of the things that I really like about the show is that it's super well written, super smart. Um, even if I feel the last episode of season three was a little bit uh, anticlimactic. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still good. But I thought the fight scene in Herogasm between Huey Butcher uh, and Soldier Boy against um, Homelander was more intense and I was yeah. like, I was like, how can you shoot your, you know, how can you, how can you shoot off like that in this third last episode? And then the last episode 
the battle isn't that engaging intense um but it's because they had to close down all these storylines the Maeve storyline and her wanting to you know not have powers so she sacrifices herself and and you know Ryan coming back and Homelander being the father or soldier boy being Homelander's father and all that stuff. It all had to get worked out at the end. So there was a lot of dialogue and a lot of kind of like winding down and denouement of the stories and uh, not denouement because it was a climax, but it was like, they were explaining the ending. Even the set piece though, like, like the final set piece, the final set for like the final fight is just going to be the fucking deuce, the Vought movie studio, like, new studio like i don't know like there was only one practical reason for them to even do that and it was for starlight to get one power up attack that fucking did nothing yeah oh well you know what overall i will say overall fantastic season if you like the boys you'll like it you may feel the same way we do about the ending being a bit anticlimactic but the rest of the season uh, and some parts in the in the final episode were just bombastic, wild, crazy ape ape yeah. shit. Stuff. I mean, like, in the last two episodes, the whole stuff with uh, noir and like you know his whole backstory and the the animation stuff is cool. So oh yeah, that that's that. With and, the, yeah, that was I I just found that incredibly creepy and well done. Grace. Yeah. Speaking of of <laughs> creatures, I'm doing a um, podcast. Cat, calm down. Um, yeah, no, the boys. I mean, it came really strong. It petered out in the last episode a little bit, but overall, still, I still love that show. Still, still enjoying it. Looking forward to the next season. Um, yeah, I'm stoked on the next season. It'll be, I'm sure it'll be wild. Uh, I'm stoked to see. Homelander with an army of just fat idiots. <laughs> and Anthony Starr, the actor who plays Homelander, is one of the best television vision villains that have ever existed. Like, you really hate the guy. Yeah. And he does like, a good job at making you hate him. Like, he's just an absolute dick. <laughs> yeah. He has that perfect, like, and there's also just something about how they light him where it always looks like he constantly has a bad spray tan. Like, somehow, and, like, he always distinctively looks like... Somehow the lighting just always looks different casted on him. It's probably... Like, I don't... I'm sure it's a technical thing that they just somehow made him, like, d- more distinguishedly douchey than anybody else in the show because there's a lot of douche like fucking the deep's a dickhead a train's a dickhead like most of the males in the show are huge dickheads but somehow homelander is just like even more of a dickhead than all of them like i don't know he's just yeah he's perfect yeah, there's and there's a lot of uh everybody is super flawed and that's one of the things that makes the writing so enjoyable and, or at least allows them to experiment as much as they do within the storylines and stuff is because nobody is perfect. Like, I think I mean, the only- he's in the same show as a, uh, this is the guys from breaking, 
bad. Juan Carlo Esposito, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, And he's like the king of just looking evil like all of the time. But like Homelander plays like a, like a certain type of evil. I think a, a person that's dumb and evil and doesn't quite grasp how dumb and evil they are, they are the dumbest and evilest, I think. Very, very well, very well said. I don't know. He just does such a good job. Like I just, it, uh, you really hate the dude. And even like the yeah. boys, by the time you get through this, uh, by the time you get through this season, my cat's up on the table. Uh, go down. Okay. Um, by the time you get, uh, by the time you get to the end of the season, like all of the boys themselves are all kind of like, their their kind of moral compass is all twisted and turned because you know Huey and Butcher take the the V and um there's the whole Kamiko storyline and Frenchie doesn't really pay attention to much most of the season because he's you know dealing with his past and yeah and uh and just all the way there the relationships change in mother's milk being both uh against what butcher is doing while also being like um tunnel vision on murdering soldier boy because of what soldier boy did to his family and the kind of like hypocrisy of that i don't know it's just all really well done by the end of it you're i'm really interested to see the way that they take it next season um Mm -hmm. and uh and see where they go with things because i'm sure we're going to get to the storyline of you know the superheroes going against the government and butcher have has to become a superhero to live. And, and, you know, if you haven't read the comics, you'll know, you can kind of guess where this is going, but because it makes sense. But anyway, you know, I haven't read the comics, but um, I love, I, I love Garth Ennis is uh, style of writing. I love preacher. Preacher is probably my favorite comic book series. Also a fantastic show. You should, so, you should, um, also, his Punisher series is probably one of my favorites as well, which, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Scarth Ennis. Yeah, shout out him. Shout out the man, Mr. Ennis. If you like the if you like the show, the boys, you'll like the comic. The comic's, like, even worse. Um, so, you know, I can send you some, I can send you some links if you want to check it out. But, um, yeah, you can kind of see where this is all going if you've read the comics. What else has been going on? We watched a lot of weird TV. That seems to be a cottage thing. When we're at the cottage, we watch weird TV because uh, they have cable. You forget how weird uh, cartoon or cartoons commercials are. Oh, no, I said cartoons. Uh, commercials are a blight on our society. Like they don't make any sense. They're all bad. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, I kind of miss the art form of like a long form commercial because now like if you watch like streaming or you just watch YouTube, you do get ads, but they're all in like 10, 15 seconds, sometimes like five or less seconds increments pretty much. So you never get to see like a really long ad. And like, it made me realize is that like, All you need is 15 seconds. If you can't explain your product in 15 seconds, then fuck off. Because if you need to explain 
a phone sex hotline to me longer than 15 seconds, you are failing. There were a lot of those. You were eh? failing. Here's here's the commercial. Are you horny? Do you want to fuck? Call this number now. Five seconds. Boom. That's the commercial. Just a hot chick yelling that at you. That was a bomb dropping for for you doing that in five seconds. Oh, yeah. That was probably like two seconds, actually. Probably, dude. They could um, just run that commercial twice in a row. There's a five second. Yeah, they we they, they also do that of low where they literally just run the same commercial. Yeah. In <laughs> it's hilarious. It's weird. And once it gets to like late, especially on the weekends, once it gets to l- late at night, like a l- past eleven, at almost every commercial break, there's one of those. Hey, I'm new in the city and I have so many things to do, like walk my dog and hobbies and work. I can't meet people. So I use Lava Life. And of course, it's some like beautiful European woman with like kind of an accent walking around her house laughing on her phone. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) so much fun. And then we talk about who actually calls that, like who's sitting there at like (laughs) midnight on a Saturday and goes, you know what? I want to talk to her. Decides <laughs> to call. Like, why do those exist? Weird. I, I remember it being in like elementary school, and somehow somebody, like one of my friends, found out that if you call like one eight hundred big dick, it's like it's like a man's like gay hookup hotline. And so we would just call it and just, like, listen to the whatever. And, like, sometimes you you could, like, get, like, a free two minutes. So you could, like, get a free... Like, we would only ever do this off of, like, a fucking payphone. So, like, you know. (laughs) Call it. Because it's... Yeah, back, like, back in the... Back in the day, you're just hanging out with, like, the movie theater. Well... Back in the day, my movie theater was in the mall. That's how yeah. scumbag Cambridge is. That we're like, huh? Let's just put all the scumbag hangout places all right here. And then, so there's of course just scumbag teenagers just hanging out at the fucking payphones, just using them up for no reason. We're just making prank calls to numbers that we're probably not even getting. But yeah, we found out about one eight hundred big dick, which was a gay one, and then it was. It wasn't big, but it was something duck. And that was one where you got a girl. So I don't know what the comp, maybe it was big, but that would make sense. Big duck. Why would you want a big duck? I don't know. It'd be funny <laughs> if you know. called big duck and it was just like uh, uh, quacking on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would make sense. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, dude. That'd be so funny. Oh. Well, uh, well, as kids were awesome back in the day. I, yeah, even, I got kicked I know, out by a, from a bunch uh, of them because we used to go to the mall here and hand out flyers for shows. Um, soliciting. Yeah, Love and then it. we would get kicked out. But we would like, <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know that that was like not a, a thing. We were just kids who were playing in a punk band. So we were like, hey, let's yeah. go and find places where there's other kids that we might know. And so we would go there and we would just hang out in the mall and go from, you know, check out some stores and stuff. And every time we saw kids who we thought like might like hardcore and punk music, we'd be like, hey, come to this show and give them a flyer. But we were always moving around. So we never really got caught until we would go to the cafeteria or the, yeah, the food court. And then we would get caught. 
because we'd be all staying in one spot and they could see us and then we got kicked out. Anyway, good times, you know. Yeah. Was your mall security guard a special needs guy? Mm, I don't remember. I just, I don't I think. I feel like I, every single mall security guard in Cambridge had like, they were all special needs. Like, and like, because they were just the most useless people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That sounds terrible. I'm, But like, you had to really like, it was the worst job ever. And you had to really be like a senseless person to do it. Because like, no one respects you. There's teenagers sh- ruining your entire workspace constantly. <laughs> no one, like, no one will thank you ever. Like, yeah. you have to just be, like, devoid of anything to do that job. Like, because me and my friends, I remember back in the day, we would just go through the mall and just leapfrog over things. Like, I, I don't know why that became a thing. We would just leapfrog. Like, if there was some slight thing that we could get our hand on and somehow slam our ass over it, we would do that. To the point where my friend went to go leapfrog a garbage can, just knocked a garbage can over and just left it. Like, just garbage. And we were uh, just like, teenage, oh, uh, the teenage years. <laughs> like, that's wild. Uh, yeah. And then, like, we would be like, oh, the security guard's a dick. He chased after us. No shit. You just left garbage over in front of a fucking, I don't know, baby gap, dick. Like, of course they're going to chase you. I don't know, man. Well, on a, on a, speaking of food courts, not really, uh, kind of tangentially, I just want to shout out El Pueblito in Bracebridge, Ontario again. Uh, a year later, we went back and it's probably some, it's probably the best Mexican food I've had in Canada. Like, I, yeah, I would, I would, I would go so far to say that I don't think I've had Mexican food as good as I have there. Uh, yeah. so I just wanted to shout them out again. If you are up in cottage country and you are looking for a fantastic Mexican food meal, El Pueblito in Bracebridge, Ontario, go tell them the bird boys sent you and, uh, and get whatever, all of it's good. Every single thing that they have is good. I've had like three, three or four different things from there and all, all of it smacks like yeah, those, those quesadillas we had, incredible, fantastic, incredible. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think, and I don't, I, I need to have them back to back now because I was trying to think what I enjoyed more: the quesadilla I had this year or the steak burrito I had last year. Both were phenomenal, but I don't know. I think I might go back if I go there again. I might get that steak burrito because that one. Like, oh, that was the burrito. It, it was there. such a it was such a surprise. Like I didn't expect it. Whereas this th- this time I went in knowing how good the quesadilla was because I watched Cody eat it and I watched like I <laughs> I watched speak. him eat it and I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, okay. He just couldn't talk. He was just eating <laughs> and staring at his at his plate because he was having so much his pure bliss. Oh so, god. So. Getting the quesadilla, going to be honest, I wasn't surprised by how good it was. So, whereas that steak, that steak uh, burrito, like, I think anything you just get for the first time blindly, at, at it just rocks your fucking world. But well, like, and I, I also think that it's like, because I told you guys, yo, this place is incredible. Like, this place is, like, actually incredible. And when someone says that to you, you're like, oh, yeah, it's good. 
Like you don't actually realize, mm-hmm. like I was trying to like say to you guys, like I haven't had Mexican food this good anywhere else. And it's in the middle of Bracebridge, Ontario, like Muskoka, yeah. Ontario. It's very, 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 very far from uh, Mexico um, and still pretty, pretty far away from any major city like where, you know, I mean, Mexican food isn't even really a staple here of, of you know, a, a large portion of our cuisine. No. Um, and even if we do, a lot of it here is like Tex-Mex. Yeah. Like we this do is like more Mex- of that style. This is like Mexican style. Um, yeah. This is Mexican, Mexican. Like, yeah. Like I, the, the, the menus in Spanish, like. Yeah. Then I had the birria tacos. They were incredible. I had a. Uh, a pulled pork or no, not pulled pork, a chicken burrito the first time. And then I had the steak burrito last year. And then now I've had the quesadilla. All of them are, are incredible. That guacamole that we had to start was absolutely insane. Yeah. It's just, just if you are up there this summer, homemade chips, like those are fucking bomb. Like those nachos as an appetizer, like I would take those nachos and put those nachos up against just those just those nachos and that guac just nachos and a dip i'll put those up against like any local restaurant here their nachos and i guarantee you just that those nachos and dip would win like the simplicity is just just so so good good. those chips are so fucking good it's it's uh it's almost criminal so yeah if you're up there if you're in canada and you're in ontario and you're in up in this uh cottage country this summer Check them out. I'm sure that they would love, I mean, they will love, they're usually busy, um, but they, I'm sure any customers help keep it open. I would love this place to stay open for as long as possible because it just slaps. So go and check it out if you're a fan of Mexican food um, because it is fantastic. Now uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears to some, what have, have we been playing anything different? I guess I got uh, I upgraded my Ghost of Tsushima to the PS5 version, That's and I've nice. been finishing it, um, and uh, and I'm almost done now. And then I will do the Iki Island because the direct it's I got the director's cut. Um, so I've been enjoying that on PS5. Plays amazing. The load time is pretty much non-existent, and I, dude, um, it's insane. Like. The machine boots up. Basically, you click the fucking screen on the menu. The game loads. A second later, you're at the in-game menu. You click continue. A second later, you're riding your horse. Yeah, it's wild. It takes, yeah, less than five seconds to go from pressing play game to literally actually playing playing the game. It's wild. Um, But yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Obviously, I love the game. Uh, we did a whole episode on it. I've uh, been playing some more grand strategy. I downloaded Stellaris, which is um, much like Crusader Kings from the same company, except it's set in space. You're doing your space empire trading, space real-time grand strategy. Uh, that's That's been really fun. I've been enjoying playing that a lot. Um, played Battlefield with Steve last night. Going to play a bit more tonight. Uh, I've, I forgot how fun it was to get on and play battlefield. I think I got yeah, to, I played with Steve like two nights ago. I meant to get on last night, but I was just 
Eat. Hey, well, you're welcome to join us tonight. Get a couple rounds in. Um, yeah, I forgot how fun that. I, I guess I think we played that game too. You ever have a thing where you play too much of a game and you start getting mad at it? Where you're like, yeah, you're just like, oh, I mean, I, that's me playing any game ever. <laughs> well, we played, we went through a tear there earlier this year and like last fall where we played a lot. And I was getting to the point where I think I was, I had reached my, um, my, limit with it but we kept playing and it got to the point where i was like eh, i'm fine with not playing this for a while mostly because if i ever tried to play by myself i just died constantly and i was like "Ugh, this is ugh." but there are people who've been playing that game for like five years who yeah. are just freakishly good um yeah or, or, no or battlefield's how? awesome like i i only really enjoy playing it when i'm playing it with like either you or steve because like steve just randomly messed me out of blue he's like yo you want Played some Battlefield, and I was like, you know what? Hell yeah. So I hopped on, like, before he, like, before we were actually going to play, and I was like, oh, I'll just play, like, a game or two by myself, just, like, get back with the controls. Because turns out I needed it, because one of the biggest fuck-ups is in Fallout, triangle is jump, (laughs) and triangle in any other shooter game is switch weapon. So... That took a game or two to get used to. But then <laughs> once I started playing with Steve and I wasn't playing with idiots that also don't know. Dude, there's nothing worse than playing in a squad with people that don't know what they're doing. Your squad has like thousands of points racked up. They're for some reason not calling in smoke. They're not calling in artillery. They're not calling in any backup of any kind. It's like, dude, you have the points. Call this shit in. And it's just, it's infuriating. It's, and it, then that's immediately like, that's, I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's that's in every, every game. I mean, how many times have we been playing uh, Rock, Rocket League, you and I waiting for Cody to come on, and it's just you and I on a team, and uh, and then we get matched up with some dude who, like, it's like he's playing with Yeah, his, we like, get a dude located in the Bozo Bazaar. Yeah. Like, he's, like, doesn't even know what to do, driving up the walls, doing whatever, and there's nothing you can do. You can try and pick up his slack, but if it's if it's three on two and the other player is just non-existent it's not doing anything not running is you know not running the routes not playing the field not goaltending doing nothing it doesn't matter what you do you're you're kind of screwed if you're playing against a team that's competent and all together so it's like that's on any game it's like there are people who play who is just i know that they're just having fun i know i shouldn't complain about it. they're just let people have fun but it's infuriating when you're trying to do when you're trying to win and you can't play for them you can't suddenly make them better you just have to try and carry them the whole time and it's so annoying oh yeah yeah it's yeah it's really bad but that's that's the worst thing about battlefield is that one person is a squad leader and if you're not communicating with the person that's squad leader and like telling them where to like call an artillery or something it fucking sucks like and i i hate being on mic like with online like online playing with randoms but like Battlefield's the only game where I'd actually consider it. And I would probably just be like, hey, you fucking idiot. Call an artillery strike. What are you doing? And but then it's it's better playing with Steve because I can just be like, yo, Steve, uh, artillery on B. And he's like, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like me and Steve played like three matches and we were like top two squads every match. Oh, like, yeah. I was killing it last night. I guess there was a game where I went like 16 and four. 
I was killing it. It was, I was, I was surprised because it had been so long since I played, but I guess I just needed that time away from the game to stop like overthinking and stop getting frustrated with stuff. So when I played it again, I had such a good time. I said, let's play again tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's crazy what happens when you play a strategic war game with strategy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's almost like it was like, what it, what it was made for. I know. Um, like, uh, but yeah, I just wish from- Battlefield got the latest game right. Like, I want to play the new Battlefield, but it still just looks really bad. Yeah, I'll wait till it's a bit cheaper and then I'll buy it and see. Um, uh, we at the cottage, we did play a lot of uh, Super Montavious Kart. Um, Montavious Kart, yes. <laughs> uh, for those, sorry, who- I came up with a multiverse Mario where he is Montavious. <laughs> Luigi well, actually, it came from because we were talking about uh, somehow we were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and um, I we were talking about characters with full names and we were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. And I said, well, Tails is the only character that has a full name, Miles Tails Prower. And I was like, I should double check that. So I went online um, because as as one does when you're having a heated discussion about characters with full names video game characters with full names i don't know what we were talking about but anyway i looked it up and turns out that sonic the hedgehog's name is ogilvy maurice hedgehog um which is true you can look it up listeners the ogilvy maurice hedgehog uh ogilvy sonic maurice hedgehog ogilvy maurice sonic hedgehog i don't know i don't know anyway his name's ogilvy and that led to us just not sonic (laughs) yes and then and then that led to us talking about uh other people's names which led to montavious but yes we played a lot of mario mario kart 8 deluxe uh and uh super smash brothers up at the cottage and i don't know what it is about um those games but uh well i do know what it is it's playing on a switch and everybody having a controller and splitting a tv and playing together is one of the strongest things that i think that nintendo has going for it the kind of like communal gaming a lot of systems like people with playstations or xboxes don't really split screen um but they're but nintendo kind of banks on that that the way that it's like with N64, you would play four players in and play, you know, Super Smash Brothers or Mario Party or Mario Kart or whatever and split screen. And the fact that they so like heavily lean into it still, it feels very nostalgic. And it's just, I just really like playing together in the same room. Like it was really fun for, for us to be playing and to be able to look at each other and talk trash and do what, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's something yeah. nostalgic about it that really like it hits really nice up at the cottage, <laughs> you know, like just hanging, playing some switch like we're kids again. I don't know. It was just really great. Yeah, no, there's only there's few games that you can actually just play together and have. Fun. So like fighting games, like definitely uh, those always work, whether it's like Smash Bros or like Street Fighter or like wrestling. Like those work because like those are multiplayer games. Like you, like me and Phil would do this all the time, where we would make a royal rumble like with thirty characters, and then we would pick our character. But when your character's not in the rumble, you can just play as whoever. So like if I picked like Kevin Owens and then I got eliminated, I'd be like, okay, well now I'm the Undertaker because he's there, and I I'm, I'm just gonna fuck you up now. Yeah. And like we would play a single man, like do a full Royal Rumble, which takes like an hour, 
because it takes like you have to go through 30 people it's so yeah that, that, that doing that's always fun but no i think mario kart super smash bros and you know, it's in the title, but Mario Party, which is I need to acquire one of the Mario Parties on Nintendo Switch because that game is so fun. And I think for our next cottage vacation, I'll bring up a Mario Party game and add it, add it to the arsenal, bro. That's going to be wild. We're going to because Mario Party, dude, I remember that game broke friendships that that game that game was yeah, Mario evil Party back in the day. Mario Party is to uh Dude, Nintendo. I destroyed I, my hand playing that fucking yeah, game. Like, my, remember the one where you have to rotate the fucking thing? Yeah. I, and like, and then kids literally started getting blisters in the palm of their hand just by fucking twerk, <laughs> like, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Mario Party is to Nintendo what uh, Risk is to board games. Risk is uh, risk and monopoly are are the the friendship ruiners. You you gotta I mean, you gotta really know the people that you're playing risk with and be willing to like, because like if you get the boys together and play risk and you really play risk, there's people yelling about Kamchatka. There's dudes being pissed off at some guy hiding in the in Australia and stacking stacking men. Whoever has Europe is t- doing, you know, like it's, it, it just turns yeah. into an all out brawl. And then when people get eliminated, then they have to wait another hour. Cause it takes four hours to play the game. It's, it's yeah. uh, risk is risk is just an unnecessary evil. Like, I mean, I've played risk maybe two, three times in my life and they've all been against my buddy, Mike, who's just really good at it. But like, I don't know. I, I the risk fucks with me because like risk <laughs> is there's like there's an underlying evil to that game. And I used to do do a, a bit about this on, on stage where because back in the day in high school, I did a, I had a history class and part of the history class was it was about Alexander the Great. And so we had to reroute Alexander the Great's route and re and using some of his battle plans like you know basically take over the world but without alexander the great dying you know so which is a lot to do with like his latter half of his adventure where he should have turned back and what whatever but i always thought that project was super weird because imagine being really really being grade 11 history and realizing you're really really good at military tactics (laughs) like that's a strange thing to realize about yourself like i'm really fucking good like i don't know like i always just thought that was the strangest thing and i get the same vibe from risk like i don't trust anybody that's really good at risk even though one of my best friends is really good at risk but some there's people, an underlying just, evil to Mike yeah. that he hasn't tapped into. Because so, that people, man can manipulate soldiers on a board. He can definitely do some evil in real life. <laughs> well, he's he's got a tactical mind, you know? It's like yeah, a beautiful yeah. mind, except it's a tactical mind. Uh, yeah. Maybe he has a brain tumor. No, I hope he doesn't. Um, that was no. a joke <laughs> about the movie, not about him. Um, yeah, no, it's it's risk is uh is one of those things that you want. Same with monopoly. Like when somebody starts really getting a monopoly, and you and starts draining everybody of their money, it's really hard not to look at them and not want to stab them. 
You know, like you're just yeah. bleeding money every time you go around the thing because one guy just managed to do the right things and buy the right spots and build an empire. And now he's just taking you out back and spanking you uh, and just emptying your coffers of coin. And he's there's nothing. Stealing you- your tiny little nice yeah. colored money. Yeah. You, just make you look like a fool. And just makes you want to flip the table and scream. But you can't because it's just that's the way of the game. You just got to let yourself lose. And lose gracefully. And when you get a bunch of people together playing, they're usually having a couple drinks. It's friendship. It's a it's a friendship ruiner for sure. Yeah. Ooh, here's a good segue. Speaking of evil capitalists, because <laughs> we did this. Whenever dudes watch Shark Tank, we all turn into like the most business minded people out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like if something switches, like Kevin Leary just hit you. Just see Kevin Leary and Mark Cuban. You're like, yeah, okay. So I'm take, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take thirty percent stake. I'm gonna give you two hundred and fifty k. Okay, you're gonna give me something on the backside. Okay, we're gonna make this real smooth right now. And like, and then the show turns off, and it's like, huh? Yeah, which which is happening? Well, we're all watching. We we started watching it. Then we're all take the deal. You know, like we're all yelling yes. at the TV. Why would you take like, the deal? What's she doing? She just got offered twenty percent. You can't go back. This eighteen percent counter offer is bananas. We're yeah, doing, we're just lady. yelling like a bunch of stockbrokers. Like, like we know anything about it. We're just yeah, like I know nothing about them. business. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Shark Tank's wild. Um, that's another thing we watched a bit of up there. Also, we uh, introduced uh, uh, Otis's uh, lovely partner to Dr. Pimple Popper, um, which was probably which, the funniest 20 minutes of my life. Like, I just couldn't stop laughing because she was so animated and how much she was freaked out by it, um, which was hilarious. This, shit. It, it was the first time that experience watching Pear freak out to Dr. Pimple Popper. It finally that was the moment where it clicked i was like oh that's why people watch reaction videos it finally clicked to me like finally i was like oh that like a genuine like reaction like that like over the top and like just like and not like over the top but like this was so genuinely just shattering to her like her (laughs) entire universe stopped operating in that moment as she focused on this evil goo coming out of this person's Voldemort <laughs> head. Like what an incredible. Yeah, I, I finally got it. If I could find a video that genuinely like a person giving a genuine reaction like that, I get it now, but like, yeah, yeah no, they're it was, not that it was, genuine. It was quite enjoyable. Um, I think we're coming up close to the end. We're going to keep it short today. Uh, because uh, we got uh, some other stuff to deal with. But I did want to shout out, before we uh, wind this down, um, I wanted to shout out our homie Wednesday. He dropped a uh, an album um, today, actually, uh, at midnight, uh, called Thank God For Me. It's uh, an 11-track album. Uh, there's some stuff that what he had put out on SoundCloud on there that he re-released through the album, and then there's some new stuff. Uh, the whole thing just really enjoyable. It's, it's quite, uh, one thing that I, I really respect about him as, as an artist is that every release is a little bit different. He definitely has his like style and, and, and voice and kind of like, um, his, 
character, yeah. his 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 just overall Wednesday uh, uh, mode of doing things. But each of the releases, like uh, Complicated, the EP from earlier last year, was mostly acoustic driven um, and kind of softer. And then, you know, he had Sky is Blue, which is kind of a bit of a mix of both of the of the kind of uh, guitar driven, softer stuff and really like uh, trap trap drum driven really kind of like modern trap sounds um and then he put out uh an ep earlier uh or earlier this summer called um get well soon which is more up tempo and the the instrumentals are are more kind of like chaotic and and uh, his delivery is a little bit different. And then he put it this one, thank God for me, which is very stripped back a lot of it. And it's really cool, like really cool use of samples, really cool use of his voice. They're very, they're much more um, slower tempo songs. Um, and it just, and kind of sparse, it just works really well. It was really, really fun to listen to. I listened to it twice through today. I really enjoyed it. So I just want to congratulate him and shout him out on uh, on another successful release um and uh yeah just some of the samples yeah. and beats and some of the some of the stuff he's doing with his voice and his his pen really good on this one really really appreciate it so just wanted to shout him out yeah. shout out wednesday that's the homie love him shout out shout out to him in all of iowa shout out slipknot <laughs> you but, shout out shout out yeah. slipknot only albums three and five no i'm just yeah. kidding <laughs> <laughs> um uh shout out slipknot shout out wednesday um yeah i don't know do you have anything else you want to add have you been listening to anything that uh that 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 you wanted to uh, toss in if any if anybody's you know i've been i go through my phases of my skate punk phases um but i this is a band i've known about for a really long time but for some reason just never listened to but they are very fastly becoming like my new favorite band. Uh, I don't even know if they're still active, uh, but a band called the Dillinger Four. It's just a sick punk band from the Midwest. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Like, they are signed to Fat Records and Hopeless back in the day. I think their last album came out in like 2008. But yeah, no, I'm realizing a lot of bands I listen to, like modern punk bands, are very influenced by this band from like the 90s and early 2000s early 2000s so it was cool it was cool that's this is one of the few times where spotify did me right they did me some they did me right yeah they they, they put me onto this so shout out dillinger for their album situation is comedy it's very good front to back as is their very first album which i forget it's like midwestern songs for something something so yeah if you like uh 90s skate punk check out dillinger four um or also, what else was I listening to? Oh, yeah, a bunch of fat record stuff. There's a sick band called Escape from the Zoo, which is like a sick punk band that mixes like punk, ska, and then they also have a mandolin player, which is fucking sick. So, because I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's a really sick guitar part. And then I watched a video. I was like, oh, that's in fucking what? <laughs> what is that? Turned uh, out I didn't know what a mandolin was. <laughs> Another so. another thing I want to shout out, and Otis will back me up on this. Um, last uh, last week uh, on Friday, Lloyd Banks dropped the Course of the Inevitable oh Two, 
which is a sequel to his uh, album from the prior year, The Course of the Inevitable. Both of those albums are like distilled pure New York. Uh, yeah. And uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal bars. He's, he's, he's Alcatraz feature. Yeah. There's just the song. What's the song? Um, uh, Power steering with Jadakiss. That beat and the Jadakiss feature are, are disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, King of Kings. Just yeah, unbelievable. It's, yeah. It's felony music. That's like, yeah. Somebody's yeah. going to rob a bodega listening to that. Yeah. Both, definitely. Both of those albums. I mean, uh, we had mentioned before last year, uh, Course in the Inevitable and how great it was. Course in the Inevitable 2, great follow through, uh, follow up album um, and follow through of, of the kind of themes and the just bars of the first one is he's Alcatrazed up. He's got bars. He's a prison. He's, he's, he's just delivering. It'd be nice to hear 50 cent do a, a real New York album. Yeah. We talked about that when we were driving around listening to it about how, you know, Lloyd Banks is really delivering here. It would be really nice to have 50 come and actually rap rap because you know, he can rap rap. Like I would love to have him come out. I've also been listening to, um, a lot of, uh, Jay Paul, Jai Paul. Um, I don't know how to exactly say his name. Uh, I think it's Jai Paul. Um, but he uh he he was a pop artist signed to XL. He was like blowing up in the early 2010s, and then he got a bunch of his music stolen and he didn't drop any of it again uh until um a couple years ago. He released the album that I guess he was originally gonna release with all the demos and stuff on it. Just really, really cool, interesting pop music. It's like R&B kind of falsetto singing with like really forward thinking instrumentals, samples and beats and chops, just really cool stuff. So if you if you're, you like pop music and you want to put something on that's maybe a little bit different, um, uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out because it does. It's not modern. It's more like experimental pop stuff, but it's it's really, really good stuff. Uh, and also Spirit Box Eternal Blue. I I was kind of sleeping on Spirit Box. I didn't really know much about them. And then I found out that it was the vocalist and guitarist from I Wrestled a Bear once. Um, and uh, and I was like, oh, I'll check him out. And I listened to Eternal Blue, an album that came out last year. It's their most recent one. And it bangs. So if you're looking for something heavy to listen to, but also kind of like genre bending and weird and wacky, is it like I wrestled a bear once? Uh, it's like I wrestled a bear once in the way that they kind of play fast and loose with genre and they do switch around um, and they do go between uh, sung and, and you know, um, but, sung and screamed vocals. Is it as like abrasive as like it goes from like a synth part to like a grindcore part? No, it's much more, um, it's much more planned out, much more structured, okay much more uh wealth like it's it's more musical i mean not that the i wrestled a bear once wasn't musical but just it, the songs are a lot better uh more kind of constructed and written uh to Ooh. flow and to to move through the parts in ways that make sense it's not trying to be abrasive and chaotic i mean there are parts where there are sudden switches but it's not like um it's not like there's like 50 of them every song you know what i mean yeah. Um, uh, but it's really good. Like, it's really cool. They incorporate elements of like industrial electronic music, uh, but it's not corny or cheesy. 
Um, the lyrics are really kind of wooey woo ethereal, but they don't fall on the line of coming across as being like, Oh, it's, this is just like weird for the sake of being weird. It's more like poetic. I don't know. Just really good. Really, really good. And the, the vocalist, um, absolutely incredible. Uh, so uh, eternal blue, I've been listening to it a bunch. I really enjoy it. If you like heavy music, uh, and, and, uh, and they're Canadian as well. Um, so, you know, yeah, just shout out them. I just kind of found them and, and I've been listening and I eternal blue is outstanding as far as like heavy music goes, just phenomenal. I think that's about it. Check it out. I don't know if you yeah. have any other ones. Do you have any other music re- recommendations? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I gotta I, I gotta go make a sandwich. Gotta go make some chicken sandwiches. Yeah, it's time to. I guess it's time to call it. Well, we are uh, creeping up slowly but surely on uh, on some new music from the both of us. Uh, on infinite repeat is I'm in the final leg now putting together the final mixes. Um, so I'm hoping mid August it's going to drop and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Uh, and the new versions of the singles just slightly tweaked so that they fit with everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of everything and I'm, uh, Otis, you've got some stuff coming too. I don't know if you want to reveal anything about it or, um, not too much, but I'm working on doing some multimedia stuff for it. Um, yeah, it'll be if if we can pop, if it we all can comes pop. together, it'll be cool. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's basically I'm putting out an, an album of like instrumental music, and yeah, there'll be a bunch of uh, different multimedia components to it. So uh, yeah, I'll be. We don't, we don't have to unraveling. say that much about it. We we can we can uh, we can unravel those threads as we go along through the summer. But yeah, we got music. Uh, Anxiety Weekend album. Uh, Otis got some instrumental music coming and really cool multimedia stuff that uh, that connects to it. And uh, and we'll be back next week for the Tragically Hip, and we'll do it right. We'll do it proper this time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I've just been scatterbrained, and uh, you know, I feel like I've I've kind of messed up some of the scheduling for some of these episodes. So I do apologize for that. But uh, hey, man, it, it's life, and it is what it is, homie. We're all good. We'll be back next week with the, the hip. We're gonna talk about their legacy and their influence and all that good stuff because we do love the hip. Uh, and if you haven't, this gives if you haven't listened to them, if you're not from Canada and you're listening, you haven't listened to them. This gives you another week. Go and listen to the Tragically Hip. They rock. And then we'll talk about Drake. Uh, a flip side of the Canadiana coin. Uh, you know, wheelchair Jimmy, all that stuff. But uh, for now, we'll just leave you with this. You can find me on Twitter at PLMRDR and uh, on Instagram at P-A-L-M-R-E-A-D-R. That's Palm Reader without the last E. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me. <clears throat> excuse me. You can find me Twitter and Instagram, Otis Morris Dude. And yeah, just check there. I'm sure I'll post about things and let you know what's going on. 
Hell yeah. All right. Well, we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for uh, for bearing with us with these delays and all the stuff that's happened this year. We've just been busy bodies. We still will be posting through the rest of the summer and into the fall. I'm sure once we get into the fall, we'll have a little bit more of a regular schedule because we won't be, uh, you know, going on trips and doing all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next week with the hip. Uh, always initiate the protocol and everybody stay safe out there. Peace.